Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Gasman. With me this week is Joe Lupton. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Joe. Got a lot to talk about again. No surprise a lot, there. A lot to argue about. A lot to argue about as well. But um, the, you know, I think the terms of the debate are shifting here. I think to some degree, we've been flagging downside risk to our forecast for a while. But uh, I think the, you know, the big point now is it feels a lot more challenging to tell a story uh, that global growth is actually going to pick up into the second half of the year. Uh, I, I want to take China out of the conversation because there is a, you know, a volatile dynamic around its lockdowns and, 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 and openings. But if we take China out, we have a modest pickup in non-China GDP growth to an above trend pace in the second half of the year. And that feels right now challenged by a combination of factors, uh, including continued pressure on inflation, uh, continued uh, concentrated pressure in the energy markets, and the data. So let's let's maybe start with the data, uh, which is to say that we have had some signs now of momentum shifting here that, that is not only raising concerns, but pops up in some of our you know, more quantitative indicators that track where GDP growth is setting. So why don't you kind of take us through that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think on the on the positive side that the Asia pickup and I would throw into the mix the uh, encouraging lack of spillover of the China slowdown, um, all of that is, is playing out as, as we've expected. China is reopening now, and we'll leave aside the risk that China goes through another COVID lockdown. That, that We shouldn't lose sight that that is a risk, but right now the tracking exercise, I think, is showing China is, is clearly opening up, and the, the data flow continued to be constructive across Asia, showing um, you know, a sympathetic in, improvement and no real echo of the of the China downfall. So the t Taiwan export orders were, were quite strong. Uh, Singapore IP was quite strong this week. Um, I think the, the PMIs are an interesting mix of things across the other part of the world, but certainly in, in Asia, we got the flash PMI for Japan. And that was that was encouraging and notably different than the other part of the world, which is the, the downside of the data flow. So you're getting the opening in Asia, that's taking place, but you know, we've been seeing things kind of soften here, even ahead of the, the continued headwinds that we're facing on energy prices. Uh, you know, consumer spending we know has been been slowing. This week's PMIs for both the uh, flash PMIs for both uh, Euro area and the US were, were quite disappointing and I think sent a, a sh sh uh, shot across the bow of the forecast for an acceleration in, in activity in the second half of the year, particularly Europe, I would say, where we're looking for close to 3% so growth in the second let's half. Let's break that apart. I guess on one uh, side, I would say that the softening we're seeing in manufacturing is no great surprise, but um, the dynamic in services, I think, is, and as you noted, particularly in Europe, where that's supposed to be a lifting uh, factor as we make our way through the middle part of the year. So how how much concern should we have from what we see there? Um, I mean, look, I, you don't want to like, you know, hang everything on, on, on just the PMIs, but if it were just that, I wouldn't have even, you know, we'd kind of be writing it off and say, well, we'll wait for the next month's PMIs as we often do. But it's that coupled with 
are concerns of what we know is coming, right? I mean, in a sense, the downside risks we've been flagging have been prospective. It's like we see these headwinds. We see that, you know, through the month of May, energy prices just kept skyrocketing. And, and we're starting to feel the effect of that in June and July. And we still think energy prices are going to go up even further in the form of gas prices in the U.S. In Europe, TTF, natural gas prices, are, are really surging. We haven't been talking about it as much, but they've kind of caught us by surprise. Uh, that's adding to the headwinds. So when you take the concerns around what we think is coming and the shocks that are weighing on things with the the kind of front edge of the data flow maybe disappointing and then I think you're right to point out the sectoral split with services actually you know that reopening dynamic was supposed to save the day here that's not taking place that's just reinforcing the prior that our prior expectations that these headwinds are going to do some damage here and certainly uh, you know, lower the lower our sights on on kind of third quarter growth where we have some some punchy numbers. Yeah, and then let let me kind of just add a little color here on on the inflation side, at least with regard to commodities. You know, I think we're seeing two two different things. One is we're seeing continued intense pressure in ways that uh, have specific problems for the U.S. and Europe. Uh, the U.S. on the gasoline price side and the lack of refinery capacity that's raised crack spreads very uh, sharply. Uh, and in Europe, we've got, as you noted, the natural gas price rise, and, and not only the potential that that continues to add to inflation, but that it might uh, sometime later this year actually been be a force for rationing uh, as we um, uh, move in the winter. Now, that's a, that's a risk. It's not going to be a reality unless the Russian supply stays shut down here, but um, that is obviously a uh, a concern. I think on the other side, we've been seeing a pretty decent drop off in, in food price inflation uh, on the agricultural commodity price space. Uh, crude oil prices have come off. Metals prices have come off a lot. Um, and you can say, hey, that's a relaxation of some of the intense pressures. And I think that's right. Or, <laughs> but the source of that part of it is actually the weakening in demand that is to some degree being signaled in the um, uh, in the PMIs. And I'd also say that's probably true for things like the shortening in delivery times, which is probably also, you know, a, a relaxation that's coming from, from weakening demand. So the, the question I think now, to my mind at least, is we haven't changed our forecast very much. We probably have more to go. The real issue is will these things combine and, and, and generate the kind of uh, downward momentum that, that, that actually creates a recession? Uh, I think the other piece that we have to put in the mix here, and we're not obviously going to get into a full, a full blown conversation about recessions here. We just don't have the time. But I think we should at least also note that, for the moment, central banks don't look very sensitive to this this risk factor. It does still look like the Fed's going to go, 50 maybe 75 at the next meeting. Uh, the ECB's going to be tightening uh, in July. In fact, our forecasts right now are for the third quarter to show almost a 100 basis point rise in DM policy rates against this backdrop of moderation. That's that's striking and, and obviously a concern by itself. Well, I think that, that goes into the bucket of this time is different, which is a theme we've been saying since the start of our outlook early or, or late last year, uh, which is that if you look at the, the kind of the Fed put or the, the markets kind of pushing the Fed to dial back from normalization late last cycle, they, they got spooked by the growth numbers. And 
you know, at the same time, they had a massive dollar increase in a world where you had the ECB doing whatever it takes, staying, uh, staying on hold. Fast forward to now, and the difference is in, inflation is just is driving the is driving the car here, and and that's what they're laser focused on, and they don't have the luxury of the low inflation numbers that they had late late last cycle. So they need to get they need to get moving. There's all these mea culpas. We're sorry, we missed the boat on on. I think too much mea culpa, but nonetheless, the, they they're it's they're telling us that they need to get inflation down, and, and which as you point out is going be less of a sensitivity to growth and by the way that in resulting increase in financial conditions is one of the things that raises those recession probabilities yeah and um, that's where we stand and uh, certainly in the context of projecting uh, outcomes here the idea that we're going to have slower growth than we're forecasting makes sense I think the resistance we have to, to pushing the recession story uh, is partly a story about central banks starting to regain that sensitivity later this year once levels of policy rates get back to something they're more comfortable with, 3% for the Fed, perhaps 2% for the Bank of England. Uh, it's hard to know for the ECB. I'd say somewhere in the mid space between 0 and 1%. Might be. You want to say 1 to make it 3, 2, 1. I want to say 3, 2, 1, but I'm not sure 1 isn't too high a, a bar for the ECB. But that, that is important. If we, it sounds good. And we should realize that the next set of inflation numbers, we've now got a pretty complete set of May numbers. We're now going to start to get June numbers with next week's Euro Air report. They're not giving us any, any relief here, are they? Uh, the next week's reports? Well, the next set of June inflation reports, which are going to start. Oh, the, yeah. So, uh, sorry. Right. Yeah. The inflation reports are, are going to be strong. I mean, just off the bat, you know, they're going to be strong because of what, what the energy keep, price are keep doing. up with me, Joe. You're slipping there a little bit. I know. I, I apologize. Uh, so, I mean, what, next week we have seven tenths from uh, the Euro from area. The Euro, area. Euro area and one percent for the for the U.S., is it? Well, the U.S. is one percent, but the U.S. won't release till July 13th. So we have a a little bit of time before we see it. But it's another month of very high energy-driven uh, inflation. I think I think the, the point here is that, you know, headline inflation, even if it does come off the boil a little bit, it's just going to stay very high through the third quarter. And the concern is that it finally breaks the back of the consumer. Um, and that's and, definitely and, reflected in the confidence readings we saw this week from both absolutely confidence is at 40-year lows right and 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 by the way it's not just confidence anymore we've had some soft uh, uh, actual retail sales reports um, and so that that's a concern yeah and I, I guess we'll end with that bright note and uh, well I will say next week you do also get the PMIs that's worth noting right and we should be looking to Asia to see continued improvement there, uh, and that will be a little bit of a, a bright spot. But nonetheless, I think the, the broad picture of the, the global economy right now is uh, looking pretty, pretty brittle, as uh, you know, I heard said once. Well, that's a, a good way to end it, which is to say there is some positive news in Asia. But other than that, things are definitely showing signs of, of softening and with, with heightened risk. So we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, uh, and hope that we can continue the conversation next week on JP Morgan TV.